Middle-Aged Metalheads presents Real Men of Metal. Today, we salute you, John Harden. Too metal to be considered alternative. Too alternative to be considered metal. Yes, you prefer the Foo Fighters to nearly every band we discuss on the show. But no one loves an 11-minute Iron Maiden historical epic more than you. While Rhyme of the Ancient Mariner would put most men your age to sleep, you choose to nap when it's over. So stand and be recognized, Mr. Harden, because without you, we wouldn't know just how lost we are. Hey, this is Bruce Kulick, and you're listening to Middle-Aged Metalheads. They rule! Hello and welcome to another episode of Middle-Aged Metalheads. Tonight, we we sat and we spoke to one another. KISS is a subject that we have spoken a lot about on this show, and we had the realization that it is now June 21st. And we have not had a KISS episode this year. What? How did that happen? There has not not been a single KISS episode this year. And rather, you know, our previous KISS episodes, we we usually talk about the original four. And we've, you know, we've done episodes on the solo albums and we've done episodes on The Elder and on the first record and on the tours. Tonight, we are going to talk about Bruce Kulick. We are going to talk about uh, a replacement member who ended up being the lead guitarist in KISS all throughout the 80s and the beginning of the 90s, leading into the reunion. Uh, But before we get to Bruce... Week in Metal. The Week in Metal. So Colin has Yo. returned from his world tour, or rather just tour of Japan with loudness. Uh, uh, how was that, Colin? And how is your week in metal? Well, I wish I could say that my time with loudness was awesome, but we really know that it was me in Japan with some other folks doing educational things and uh, had a blast. What a, what a beautiful country. I really had a good time. I am yeah. jealous. I, I want to get there. Oh, I don't think I can handle all the flying, man. It's it a long was, ways. Oh, man, it was a lot of time. How long is that, Colin? So, 12 hours, it was 12 hours out, 13 hours back, plus direct. all the connecting, well, connecting flights involved in there, too. So okay. on Friday, I spent 16 hours on a plane. Wow. I loved all your photos. They looked like a lot of the photos I took. You went to, like, the Golden Palace, and you were there, and, like... All, all the big major cities you yeah. bullet, bullet training and shit too i had i did a bullet train twice and 
Really? And uh, lots of Shinto shrines and Buddhist temples and yep, yep. castles and monkeys uh, yep. and deer. Did you and, take any, you take know, any professional oh, fight while you were there? Yeah, it looked like you were at the, the Nara, Nara Island yep. where they have the, the little deer walking around eating your ice cream cone. Yes, you are correct. Attacking you for your ice cream cone. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Sounds really yeah. metal and all. Yeah, they're not very cute deer. They're rather aggressive. So, yeah, they're metal deer. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, they're assholes. So I get back in the States, and I'm looking for my week in metal, catching up on a few things, and I don't remember which one of you shared this with me, but there's a pub <laughs> There's a pub in Britain that was trying to do, I guess, an Aussie tribute or some Aussie timeline or something, and one of you guys shared the picture, which I had to look at a couple of times. They, they ended up taking the tribute album cover and ended up cutting out Randy Rhodes's head <laughs> and putting it on Ozzy's body with this polka dot guitar as if Ozzy ever played guitar. It is one of the worst Photoshop. It's so issues. good. I, 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 it's it so good. Terrible. It's you know, it's the cover of the Randy Rhodes tribute record, but yeah. they photoshopped out Randy, so it looks like Ozzy's playing the guitar. It's yeah, like they when just he's picked took Randy him up, out of it. It's, it's Ozzy amazing. holding the guitar. Yeah, <laughs> right. But it looks. It just. What I don't get is, and I'm sure I hope our, our our listeners have already seen it. If not, they go look for it. What I don't understand is when you look at it, it is clearly a terribly put together. Yeah, picture. it's misshapen. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah. So so who what looked at that? What this leads me to believe is that this place is a place where you can fucking drink. These these guys know how to drink. Like because someone after they closed up that night is like, you know what? Let's do let's do a nice Aussie standee for the front, shall we? And they sat down with some lager and they this is what it came to. That it's place gotta is be stronger than awesome. lager. There's a cat in Delco who every the, the 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 urban legend is that like every July fourth he would get like hammered drunk and paint his house red, white, and blue. <laughs> and like okay. it happened a number of times. And, oh, and just yeah. what what you see is what you get. What you like, see is what you get, man. Yeah, that sounds yeah. great. And then he would paint it back. He'd be like, oh, what was I thinking? <laughs> oh, I'm seeing it. I'm, I'm seeing it now, Colin. This is... Uh, <laughs> Isn't that terrible? It is inexcusable. Also, because, like... Because, like... Uh, <laughs> it's where, where, this, this... It's just bad. It's, it's, it's Def Leppard remake pour pour some sugar on me bad uh, and just i think, it's, yeah. I think uh, it's nice he tried, <laughs> he no, tried. But it's, it's, it's 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 even worse that it's in birmingham too uh, yes. it's, uh that's that's just like that's that's not going to stand yeah. <laughs> people will be pouring some petrol on that soon <laughs> i'm okay with it i'm all right yeah Chances are it's not even there anymore. Yeah, it, good like, while it lasted. Put, put that with any other picture or ask your AI bot, like Ozzy playing guitar. You're not going to see it. You're right. just not going to see it. But what's, uh, what's next up? What what else is happening in the world of metal this I week? I think you're up, man. Michael? You no, up? Michael's oh, up. Michael's oh, okay, up. Yeah, so I, okay, again, again with the olds. Uh, the olds going on there in... Uh, in England, we got uh, Rob Halford teaming up uh, with uh, his uh, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame classmate of sort, uh, Dolly Parton, right? Who saw that coming? You know what? It's yeah. not an awful song. It is not. Oh. It is I, not David, awful. I, I'm serious. It is not. It's 
better than you'd think. Like, is it better than the most recent Judas Priest single? Uh, no, because I mean, Judas Priest alone is going to be straight up metal. But I mean, it's like, it, you know what it kind of reminded me of was like Ozzy's recent records, where uh, it's just yeah. it's Ozzy and he just adds someone else. And like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like Ozzy's the constant, but then you add something to it. Dolly is Dolly. She's great. And, and, and I think that's that's the thing, too, to recognize as well. It's like Dolly is great. Uh, Halford is great. They're they're uh, iconic in ways that sort of like transcend like their musical output. Um, you know. Yeah, and, I, so, I don't know who the who the who the target is. I, I don't know, but it's, it, it, but it, but it, but it is it's just kind of badass. So I, I guess this song called Bygones also features uh, half of uh, the functioning part of uh, Motley Crue with Nikki Six and John Five on there too. You got six, you got five, you got dolly, you got trauma. I mean, that's that's what we went to last time. They, they should have just called that band Motley Crue. <laughs> I don't this, know. This is Motley Crue. I, no. don't know who, I don't know who's playing drums on that. No one yeah. does. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, I, I, there was a there was a quick aside story today on the pit that showed video of Motley Crue playing Hellfest, and Vince literally just mimed one of the songs. There's vocals happening, but but uh, he he was just Marceau, sort of you know, he's doing a carrying on the cassette, painted his face uh, that, while he got a going on behind him. Yeah, good yeah. for you, yeah. Vince. So yeah. so who was in that band? It was Dolly. It's Do- Dolly, Dolly and Rob and Halford on lead vocals. Uh huh. And six and five. And I agree with you. This is not bad at all. See, this is yeah. All right. I, I don't know who the drummer is. I don't. Yeah. This yeah, is a matter. very very hailstorm. Probably Dave Lombardi. Yeah. That's, yeah, and again, Colin. For all we know, Lizzie's on it too. That's why like not. Just you know what I mean. Just she'll be everyone. doing background vocals. I, I was reading. There's a lot of people on. You know, Anna after Marshall she got uh, there, right? after she got inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, she said, "Well, I'm going to make a rock and roll record because it's like it, I, I at least should earn it." Well, and the whole thing too, like bless her heart too, as well was like uh, people were like shitting on Dolly's like Dolly Parton is not rock and roll. It's like. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is not rock and roll. Unless you don't really know your definition of what rock and roll is, it's like pretty fucking expansive. I'm, you know, the Eddie Trunk narrow sort of interpretation oh, of it. Oh, there we go. Already? Start, don't call so, okay, it, call so, it, this, so this album has back, back. 30, 30 tracks Jeez. on it. And a lot, of them are, a lot of them are covers. But here's, uh, here's people who are going to be on this, on this album with her. Richie Sambora, Sting, Steve Perry, Ann Wilson, John Fogarty, Kid Rock, Steven Tyler with Warren Haynes, Stevie Nicks, Peter Frampton, Joan Jett, Chris Stapleton, Miley Cyrus, Pink, Kevin Cronin, Debbie Harry, Elton John, Melissa Etheridge, Lizzo, Halford Six and Five that we already mentioned, Simon LeBon, Linda Perry, Pat Benatar, and Neil Giraldo. Michael McDonald, Paul McCartney and Ringo with Peter Frampton and Mick Fleetwood all on one song. And the last song is Freebird with Ronnie Van Zant alongside Dolly. So wow. with, that with, is with, yeah. it's a Ronnie big Van record. Zant, like coming coming back from the dead. 
Uh, you know, I like, why would that be any different I mean, than again, half the like songs it, that come it, out now? It, it, it's hologram Van Zandt. That, that's, that sounds <laughs> awesome. And, and again, like who wouldn't want to work with Dolly? Dolly's cred is like, uh, is like her, her stock is really thick right now. Um, you know, she, she is, like I said, she's one of those uh, beloved figures, almost sort of like the music world's equivalent of Betty Wise. Like who hates Dolly Part. Well, November seventeenth, Rockstar is being released. That's okay. the name of the and, record. And, and, so. and I don't know if you saw the cover there. She's got like a little uh, eye patch that is a little Paul Stanley ish. <laughs> yeah, I'm surprised Paul's not on it. He probably he's probably it a little buffer that he's not actually. Uh, to yeah. be honest, he's probably busy suing her. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> David, what do you got? You know, I, there's so I don't know about you guys, but I feel like I was bombed with metal, like with metal stories this week. I got two on the dock that I was kicking around talking about, and I got one open on my phone, and the one on my phone might trump the other two. But I thought the other two were better discussions. But I mean, Colin, pick a number: one, two, or three. Three. All right, man. This just reported by uh, middle-aged metalheads Facebook user there are reports that Kerry King in his new band with Paul Bostaff is putting Slayer back together with Phil Anselmo and vocals what? yes that's wild that is the craziest thing I've heard because if you're gonna change the, it, like many bands if you're gonna change the singer it's a different band I don't think Phil oh, Anselmo yeah. oh, can yeah. pull off Slayer songs. Now I don't care about I don't care enough about Phil Anselmo to really get into whether he's any good or not. But the style doesn't match at all. You know what I mean? Like he can't pull off that Tom Araya stuff. And then what are they gonna get? A bass player, I guess? They exist. Uh, yeah, yeah <laughs> he'll bring Rex. Michael <laughs> Anthony just turned sixty nine and he's he's still working. I don't know. I mean, I like, I call it like a fever these, dream. These are these are players that you like and you like their respective bands. Do you have any interest in that? So let me just make sure I can I can put this in my head. All right, Phil, Phil Anselmo, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. Kerry King. Mm-hmm. And who's the drummer? Paul Bostaff. Paul Bostaff, and we don't know the bass player. No, but We're also going- also Gary Holt. And Gary Holt, and they're going to call themselves Slayer. Yeah. Where's I don't want that. Now, it says that the rumor started with Bostaff's uh, inst- Instagram update, right, on some kind of self-imposed quarantine. Something is brewing with a friend of mine, very familiar. I'll give you three guesses. Um, Overkill drum and Jacer Bittner replies, Kerry, Gary, and Anselmo, come on, everybody knows by now. And I would, I just wouldn't, I would not call it Slayer. I, I would just yeah. come up with some cheesy supergroup name and, and go with the supergroup concept. Yeah. I, I would not make it Slayer. Yeah. No. And, I don't think, I don't think it's going to go so well. Yeah. And I, and I think to David's point, it's like, it would not sound like Slayer. And no, also, it's not. It's not a whole lot of Slayer in there, too. So I just, I mean, I don't think you can pull off, I mean, missing, I know they did a, a good bit without Lombardo. But missing Lombardo, Araya, Hahnemann. What's the? Yeah. It, I don't think that any. I don't think that in the last fifteen or twenty years, Kerry King was the star of Slayer. 
that, and that's the thing yeah. too. Is like, and, and, and again, there were there were some rumblings too. I think after uh, Slayer retired and stuff, where he was sort of like going like, "I'm not done yet. I'm not done. I want more." Like like some petulant child who wanted some more meatballs or something. Like, okay, dude. Meatballs. Meatballs. Yeah, more meatballs and spaghetti. But uh, yeah, so I, I'm I'm sure there there could be something to that. Whether or not it's going to be like I don't know who owns the name of Slayer. Uh, and probably, again, I am probably. Yeah, but it, it sounds more super groupy. And as John has always commented on the apps, like not very super. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, super super I just yeah I, I I don't know I don't know I mean the other the other my other two things were just were jokey we can get to them some other time they might pop up in conversation somewhere oh, right. the, the end of the school year songs yeah yeah which yeah. I didn't I we'll we'll talk <laughs> you know but you know what's interesting you know what's interesting is that as everybody we talk about in this group is aging all kiss and the Slayer people and everybody, you know, Pantera people. And other, it just seems that more and more now, it's who likes who and who's hanging out with who. And they want to play music together, but they keep trying to take the old names and reference the old names. Just <sighs> leave the old names alone. And if you want to be buddies and hang out and play music, that's fine. Well, I mean, but don't yeah, keep so, trying to recreate so, so stuff me, that's not yours. Well, let me, let me take 30 seconds then on this, because the only reason I brought it up, uh, they were talking about it on the radio. This... Um, this live Interstate 80 guitar duel song that Morello does with Slash. And my first thought is, if I could name two people I would not want to see in a guitar solo duel, other than Paul Stanley and Tommy Thayer, it would be Tom Morello and Dude, Slash. Dude, you're discounting Morello. That guy's a fucking wizard. And that's I would not, but I wouldn't want to see those two playing off of each other. Well, one, I don't want to see a guitar battle Period. Okay, let's start with that, right? <laughs> so, but so, so the main reason I actually brought it up is that they were talking about this this thing on the radio, and they said, go watch the video, it's cool. But someone kind of, as an aside, said, two guitarists from probably who are known as the best second bands in modern times, okay. right? Referring to Velvet Revolver and Audio Slave. And I thought... You know what? Might be right. Like those two bands might be two of the best non like rehashed bands that have been out in a long time. What 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 would what would actually qualify as super groups? I don't yeah. know, are they? Well, I don't know. Well, they're they're definitely super groups, yeah. No, they're no, no, but I mean, like, they're scrap parts of, like, but those other two bands. bands got together to be a, a completely new band. They weren't trying to be like, let's put Rage back together. They're like, let's start. No, but the, so it, it, it's a sort of like, well, what do we do next sort of thing? Zach yeah. leaves. But I just uh, thought that was an interest. Like, I hadn't really thought about it because that, I tend to think, point. I tend to think either rehashed bands or super groups. But these two bands legitimately said new marketing. New songs, yeah. new way of new doing sounds. things, new, yeah. very new sounds, and I yeah. thought they were great. I, I agree with that sentiment. Yes, yes. That, that, this whole that's... Paul Bostaff and uh, and Kerry King thing. So, 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 I think so, I think that has a limited audience, just in yeah. general. Also, you're not talking about Guns N' Roses and Soundgarden joining together. You're talking about Slayer, who has sold what six million records total. Um, yeah. 
you know, uh, along with Bill Anselmo, who, you know, has the resurrected Pantera out on the road right now. But you say, like, why use the old name? Because if it, if they were going out as Phil Anselmo with Zach Wilde, it wouldn't carry it wouldn't carry the cachet that Pantera does at the moment. Right. It just yeah. wouldn't. Well, it, I I don't disagree with you, John, but it's not. You gotta have the name, dude. I'm I'm with you. It's not Pantera, but at the same time, I don't really care. Like they're only doing Pantera songs. It's not like they're going out and they're like, hey, and here's a song from Down. And it's like, you like this Black Label Society song? Like, sure, nope. Right. You know, I, what they what they should have done was called it Cowboys from Hell or something. We've talked about this. Call it right. call it something like that or Cemetery yeah. Gates playing the music of Pantera. Give it a right. name and yeah. you know what I mean? Like like say like I think it gives everybody say the name out. of the yeah. members playing the music of Pantera. I think that's a little more palatable. Yeah. I don't think they'll call it Slayer. I really don't. Yeah. Kerry King got a big it's, it's, ball. It still seems that. like it still seems he's, like he's got we're... big balls, but he has limited vision. Right. It's it's, it's an internet rumor. We'll we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll track this and see. You know, call, we're, gonna because call I, I think yeah, we're without Hanneman and without Araya, it's a pretty big fucking yeah. order. Well, yeah, yeah, without Lombardo coming in because he's you know, he's not doing anything. Well, like when it. Paul Bostaff gets hurt, they'll need somebody that they'll either call Lombardo or or the dude from Anthony. <laughs> it's like it's, it, it sounds like it's already half, does sounds like it's already half it's already half exodus too so yeah, to be honest this is just zach going back to bls and carrie king joining pantera <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is there you go so all so right what's, what's, what's so speak, speaking of old bands resurrecting and uh, old members versus new members someone talked to richie sambora this week <laughs> and uh asked him you know is is uh the bon jovi reunion happening and his response was uh he's not even close to rejoining bon jovi because no one has asked him yet i, I think i think this is a little bit of a ruse. I, you know, he's, he, he even made note, like when in this interview that he did that, you know, that John was having vocal troubles and that apparently, you know, they, they were, Bon Jovi's taking a bit of a break for John to try and get his, get his voice back together and, and get it stronger. And then maybe they'll talk and they asked him, you know, would you be a full, would you write with John again? Like if, if Bon Jovi were to put out new music and he said, absolutely. Like, why wouldn't I, you know? And so I, I don't know, like, I, I think if Bon Jovi goes out again, they'll probably, you know, shape it around some sort of anniversary and as a band, because they're coming up on what? 45 years like i mean they've been around a long time and and i think it would be unwise for them to go out without richie because if john is faltering a bit still richie's a great singer and he can he can fill out their sound or John retires and Richie sings all the songs and they go out as Bon Jovi. <laughs> Get to, right. you know, or like Vince, ne- Vince Neil backstage. I, I like John or Richie's voice. Yeah. I, I always have. I think he's a good singer. Like, I, you know, he's, he's a super talented guy. So I, I don't know. Like, I, in the past, what, 10 or 15 years, 
Bon Jovi has held zero interest for me because I don't like the music they put out. So yeah. it's just like, I don't, you don't want to go see a tour when you know John is struggling and the music just isn't that good. So, yeah. you know what I think about every time I hear the name Richie Sam? Heather Locklear? <laughs> me, me too. <laughs> I'll have to see if I can reprogram my associations. Uh, <laughs> the thing that I think of every time I hear the name Richie Sambora is that if you go to a bar and you play Wanted Dead or Alive, some jagoff is going to go, Wanted! Every single freaking time. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It's like, so dude, they just want the real guy to do just... it instead of the audience? <laughs> <laughs> John's like, I can't take the audience anymore. we got to call it's Richie. Like, like, would you shut up? This... He does it on the third verse and he does it once. Shut up. <laughs> I just, I, I, I also don't feel, even though Tico Torres and David Bryan are still there, I don't feel like Bon Jovi is a band as, as without Richie. Is I just still, or, 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 or he the still is. I, I thought John Such. Yeah, but Alec John Such had been replaced a long time ago, 15 years ago at least. Like, I, I want to say that's, maybe that's even exactly my point. You know yeah, what I think yeah. of every time well, I hear the well, name Tico I mean, Torres. Yeah. Every time I hear the name Tico Torres, I think that Liberty DeVito is a great drummer. You, you just think of certain certain drummers. You know, you think of Tommy's like chicken bone vest. <laughs> uh, you think of Alex Van Halen's giant flaming gong, and with Tico, you think of a leopard print vest and a <laughs> and a tiger tooth bone earring. Like that's that's what <laughs> you get the with Tico. Face, the face in my head is not Tico Torres, it's Razor Ramon. <laughs> I mean, dude, it's like, yeah, Razor Ramon is a stunt double. If that you said, told T me, Tico's a good drummer. If you he really told is, me and, and live, to, to like, like, draw from memory a picture of Tico play. Torres, it would be, it would be for Razor Ramon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. If yeah, I got robbed, the, if I got robbed in the balls. parking lot, if I got robbed in the parking lot by Tico Torres, they would arrest Razor Ramon based on my description. <laughs> Curtain falls, Tico, one eyebrow up, hey, yo. <laughs> Like yeah, um, <laughs> oh, uh, there, there we go. There's the weekend metal. There's the weekend metal. Gosh, we got out of that. Okay, let's That's talk about bon our pal Bruce. Yeah, uh, oh. I, I I think for most of us, uh, you know, even though he had he had played in bands leading up to Kiss, I think our introduction to Bruce Kulick was, for me, I want to say it was that animalized video right the the animalized video cassette the kobo hall Ooh, i was thinking of that today yeah exactly yeah the animalized live because at that point bruce had taken over now bruce you know started playing in the 70s he had a couple small bands he had a band called kbd interestingly enough he and his brother were the touring band for meatloaf on the bad out of hell tour and I, I actually didn't know that until I started putting the episode yep. together. Yeah. That like, and, and, that's and a pretty Bob. high profile tour. Like, I don't, you oh, know, I don't know yeah. if Bob was involved in the production of that at all. But you know, it's like, like I, I, that's... I think I want to say Bob was on the record and, and definitely, okay. and, and Bob, Bob did like record some stuff with Kiss. He was definitely on Gene's solo record. Yeah, of course. Like, so he's, he's there, and and you know, these are brothers from Brooklyn like stanley and simmons so yeah they, so, they, rolled so, in the same you know, they do the tour with, with with loaf and then uh then he had blackjack and blackjack was a band with michael bolton so it's mm -hmm. it's bruce on guitar and michael bolton on vocals i gotta say that's a pretty cool album 
Like I, you know, I went back what? and listened to it. It's interesting. It's not something that you would think. You know, granted, the Michael Bolton that became famous is not right. this Michael. No, no, no. The Michael know. Bolton, like, it, it, or rather, it's the same person. It's just a different style. Right. Yeah. No, he he tried to be like more like, especially like in when he when he emerged like in I want to say like eighty four, eighty five or so. He he was he wanted to be like a hard rock or like uh, uh, yeah hard rock I'll call that pop hard rock sort of like vocalist and stuff before he went into being a crooner and stuff but uh, yeah no so so Bruce has like a you know he's got the bona fides like going all the way back into the seventies yeah um, yeah and, and then, then he joins our favorite band. <laughs> right yeah for first uh, he dips the toe you added the note there mike that you know he does yeah. play a little bit on animalized at that at that point Vinny has been kicked out because gene has you know had all he can take and and great songwriter or not he's replaced with mark st john uh mm -hmm. they go to make animalized which is a great record I, I think David has some some concerns <laughs> about Animalize, but I think the the other three of us really like that record. Absolutely, Animalize, yeah, yeah. And uh, yeah. and, uh, and and Bruce contributes to that a little bit. He's got the guitar solo on "Lonely as the Hunter." Yeah, just... and I was, I, was, I, was, I went back and listened to that today. I actually I, I did the Apple Play where I just like selected the songs, so just like yeah. did like four times ago, like. There's a soul that starts a song and there's a soul that ends a song. I'm like, huh, huh. That Bruce sure? on both? Not sure. Not sure. I don't know. Um, yeah, again, because like uh, th this was a thing about St. John. So uh, this is, again, like everybody knows that he had to leave the band because he couldn't perform because he had some sort of arthritis condition in his hands and again he was a young guy at that, at that point he ended up dying like i think like 51 um you know so um he only actually he recorded animalized and he, i think he only played like three shows yeah maybe, maybe like two and a half really for uh for kiss and, and bruce because there, like, there's that famous sort of handoff show yeah, there was like Bruce was like brought in and basically sort of like as a as a I don't know what you would call it, sort of like a, the, the person who's reading, you know, this the, the second page for for Hamlet. It's like the understudy, the understudy, and he's like he was there, and then so so they obviously knew Bruce from uh, from Animal Eyes, um, and obviously knew his brother Bob. Starting what would become a history of the understudy becoming the lead guitarist in Kiss. Yeah, yeah, and and <laughs> uh, and 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 great stuff too that we get throughout the '80s too, where where Kiss is, uh, you know, uh, rejuvenating itself, rebranding itself, kind of like competing with. We're, we have to call it what it is, kind of like the the glam hair metal sort of like Kiss. It's not Kiss being like hard and fierce. There were always costume characters, so like, you know, there's there's no there's no shame in that. Yeah, but. I mean this this era was marked with you know lots of zippers and and spangles and, 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 uh, and <laughs> things tied onto their clothing with yeah. holes in it and stuff. Yeah, I mean it. it, it 
always wearing, as was like, the like, custom of the time like right? what was it like body heat or like some body sort of like yeah, body shit? Glove. yeah body glove suits. <laughs> there's a lot body of glove. there's a lot of leopard print he's wearing he's playing like a leopard skin bc rich in that video right yeah the cobalt hall video. the x in sex sort of but, stuff uh no yeah see bruce kulik is like i'm not gonna lie he's like a mystery because I'm not gonna lie, I can't stand all the replacement guitar players, but I like Bruce. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like Because he because he's good. I mean I think I, I he think wrote, that's I mean he wrote why. tunes and he was himself yes. rather than a lot of guys. Right. He's not he's not in. there to to impersonate Ace. Yes. He's there to be a contributing member of KISS. And I I, I think because because when he joined the band, it was when we were becoming teenagers. Colin's a bit older than us, so he, he was already in a ways. But like, there's the the kiss when we were kids with the lunchboxes and the posters and the yeah. costumes and the makeup and the, you know that's what we grew up on. And then there's those like sort of the years where everything went sideways with the solo records and with Unmasked and yeah. The Elder and Dynasty. You know, they had some hits in there, but but the band was struggling at that time, which turns into taking the makeup off at Lick It Up. In a way, I see Bruce and, and Eric Carr as the guys who sort of saved Kiss. Because, yeah. because also when you read up on the albums, either Gene is preoccupied doing something else or Paul is preoccupied doing something else. Right. Mm -hmm. And and yet they're still producing the records themselves. Right. But yeah. But the thing that saves Kiss at the time and the the thing that keeps them great is that they have an ace guitarist and a killer drummer behind yeah. them. So it's like yeah. they're not and they're also guys that like they can count on. Yeah. Like they're they're not unknown quantities they're not going to show up and one of them's filled with champagne or the other one's just got a, a bad attitude for the night like like you've got two great players and because of those guys when they came in and when we started to get into metal and then you know eventually when we were old enough to be able to go to shows those guys were kiss yeah 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 i mean he was a guitar us. player for the first kiss kiss show i was at me too was, and mike was, as well i don't know yep. about colin but i mean the first kiss guitarist i ever saw was bruce yep for for the asylum tour back in 85. Yeah. crazy night still one of my favorite records um well, you saw crazy but yeah crazy night's program so so are we saying that that when you said bruce saved kiss is it because he was tolerant enough to not expect Kiss to be more than they were at the time? Because yeah. if you look if you look at some of his track record and some of the things he's done, I don't see him as somebody who needs the spotlight. But I think he needs to play. He needs to make music. He needs to yeah. write music. He needs to participate. But I don't see him as somebody I, I picked up his solo album BK three when it came out. Yeah. I think that was and it's an excellent, excellent album. It but really it's, is good. But it's yeah. but it's not him in the spotlight. There's a lot right. of I just maybe he's just one of those guys that just if he gets a good opportunity to simply make music he's happy and he'll do what he needs to do to be supportive of the people around him yeah I mean I, I don't know that he's somebody who needs to be figured out per se but when John put up on the dock like all the playing that he's doing I'm like what <laughs> right yeah. like he's in his own band 
touring with Meatloaf on Bad Out of Hell, um, doing this, playing with Michael Bolton. And he has a whole career before he even Squire gets to Who is yeah. he on tour with now? Now he's with Grand Funk Railroad like, this and is, has like been this... for like 20 plus years. And that, I just can't put my finger, like again, not that I need to or not that he owes me that explanation, but I'm like, this, I know dudes like this who are just like, all they want to do is play. play. And the yeah. last yeah. thing they want to do is have to pay the rent with a, with a nine to five. They just want to play music all their life. Yeah. And, and Colin, like, I think it's a little twofold. Like, you know, you had mentioned, like, it was, was he successful in KISS because he was tolerant of, of that going on? I think coming out of the chaos of Vinnie Vincent and, and the struggles, and, you know, Paul was very vocal that one of the problems he had with Vinnie Vincent is Vinnie wanted to turn KISS into the Vinnie Vincent show. Mm-hmm. Which, having interacted with Vinnie and having seen the way he's acted <laughs> since, does not surprise me one bit. And if you look at, at the albums Vinny put out after he was in Kiss, I, I mean, it's the Vinny Vincent invasion. And he was so annoying that his first band actually left and the other band turned into Slaughter. Like, yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think in in reaching out to Bruce and, and getting Bruce into the band, Gene and Paul were wise enough to know that they, and it's not like Bruce was an unknown quantity. Like Mike had said, they had worked with Bob for, at that point, a decade. Yeah. So they knew who Bruce was and like, and Bruce is such a great guitarist that now they also had a collaborator because he's also not coming in and just playing parts that are handed to him. He's writing songs. He's and, and if you yeah. listen to the the kiss from that era, the, that animalized live, and and if you listen to like a live three that they recorded, I think on the Revenge tour. Sounds about right, yeah. Um, after, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, it, it's, if you see kiss now, Tommy Thayer is aping Ace's solos. He is playing the way Ace plays. Yeah, yeah. Bruce was never that guy. He's playing the song, and it's still the song you love, and it's still, it's still Cold Gin, or it's still Detroit Rock City, or whatever. But he's playing in his style. He's not he's not doing the classic Ace licks, note for note. He's he's being his own guitarist, and I I think like I said, I think that brought a lot to the band. The fact that they did not have to worry about having someone great over on the right side of the stage because he was more than competent he's Sorry, a better so think, bruce is a better player than kisses songs so, <laughs> yes yeah and i think that 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 that's a good point to sort of like you know sort of like think about particular albums and songs too in the sense that like the, this is the era too where like so many bands are like trying to sort of like you know that we want to like you know showcase the guitar player we want to have a guitar hero we want to have like the hunky shirtless dude sweating on stage, you know, being the guy who's like also the thing that's going to be the ticket draw or the thing that's going to like blow up MTV. Are you but, talking uh, about Kane Roberts? Uh, <laughs> yes. Obviously. you thinking about Kane Roberts or that guy from the Bullet Boys that I can't get out of my head. But uh, anyhow, but there, there, there's a sense too, like that Bruce is like, he has like a one, Bruce class act right he's just he you know he, he's a, go, going back to his work all the way back in the 70s like he he knows like how to like you know just get the job do the work 
and you know and and, and hang out with meatloaf and shit but uh you know he's also got like all this creative collaborative possibility to without all of the the, the bad feedback that you get from somebody who basically has personality disorder like Vinnie Vincent or wh- whatever happened with, with Mark St. John. And there's another side story about Mark St. John too, in the sense that Paul said like the guy could not actually write solos, could not actually perform solos and remember them when he had to perform them live. He could record them but he could not actually perform his own solos on stage. So the arthritis thing, I don't know. It seemed like a, a convenient cover because you know, it, it was within a couple of years. Like the guy had his own band and they put out a couple of records. So it yeah. could, have been, could, could have been other things. But like, you know, Bruce doesn't have uh, any of the personality or you know, the, just the sort of performance issues. No, I mean, um, dude, it's it, he's like, and and I mean this in the nicest way. He's like a freaking chameleon. Like he, I'm, I've got this Cobalt Hall video. Dude, you, yeah. when when you don't need to notice him, you don't notice him, and then the next thing you know, there's a solo, and he's right there. He kills it, and he goes back. I love that video, dude, yeah, dude. Dude, that it, video was our ba- that's how we grew to love Kiss. I mean, oh, we loved we, them already, but dude, love we had 80s to, Kiss. This, I watched that yeah. video. Dude, you this, and I watched this it buddy of mine, every day. This buddy of mine in, in, in high school. I, I still have the VHS. Had, this buddy of mine in high school the, with the had, nails uh, tearing through the like, yeah. The biggest my friend had the biggest TV of anybody I knew. Like his dad did all this crazy video work. They had like I think he had like 15 or 20 VCRs in the house. Like half of them were beta, half of them were VHS like whole production systems in his house Born producer. But, what's that nothing uh, go on <laughs> um, but we he would have this you know we'd go over and he'd put something on and i can't tell you how many times i'd be at his house and he would just put this on and it was like it was like when we were kids and goonies came on it's on tv so what do you do you yeah, grab some food popcorn. you sit down and you watch it and it it is yeah i mean we grew up this was on the tv constantly and mtv would show it late at night you know what i mean like one of the shows would go off broadcast and there would be a concert every night you know and this was regular rotation yeah animalized i my my rotation was animalized live after death and live without a net those were like my what was what was the other one that everybody had bootleg was it like houston 78 or something the kiss one yeah I don't know. You know, I didn't have. It was a lot either seventy-eight. It was either seventy-eight until, or eighty-two. Uh, you're thinking like Texas Jam. Texas no, Jam. no, it was. It was. The the show itself was called Houston. I want to say it was seventy-eight. I think it was seventy-eight. Right. I I didn't really have much of the makeup stuff until what was it? Kiss Confidential. What's that tape called? The one where they like go to the house. Kiss exposed. Yeah, that's, that's exposed. Kiss that's exposed. The, like go. that's that's got some good makeup stuff in it. <laughs> anyway yeah. let's get let's get back to bruce and the records so let's talk about An- animalize is just a sprinkling and like we said he takes over on the tour asylum is up next so asylum comes out 1985 and you know i at this point we are we are soaked in we are buying metal cassettes we are we're getting ready to go to shows where we're teenagers with a little bit of money of our own and we we had been waiting for asylum and uh yeah. you know a kiss had some struggles you know moving into the 80s and moving into uh moving into the non-makeup era kiss went to number 20 
on the Billboard chart, like which was probably surprising to them and to us as Kiss with, fans. Like with Asylum, with Asylum, Asylum went to went to number twenty, and and okay. you got to figure like what, what was what was the uh, what was the big was tears it? are falling tears are falling, tears are falling. right so that, tears you couldn't are get away from that song for a yeah. long time that, right that, tears that, are the, falling becomes a big single flip side of that was who wants to be lonely I think which is a great song a great song I too think. and Desmond they really Child co-wrote that like you know and they, really did, and they didn't as I recall they didn't really have any other singles they did have a video for uh, all night. But it came out like at least it's yeah, empty. That, that video is really something. It's like a bunch of nurses, like Ooh. like pu- pushing gurneys. There's like 50 it's, nurses. It's, it's Paul has like a, a captain's hat on and a and a sparkly blue gown that he stole out of Ozzy's Ultimate it, Sin it, trunk. It, it, uh, it's like <laughs> it's bad. And like and, and Bruce oh, is just like sitting on yeah. the bass drum. Not a good video. And also yeah, I do remember this. the lyrics. Not a good video, but I love it's, Tears Are Falling. Yeah, Tears both a as a video. song and a video, it's such a good song. Like, uh, you know, right? His first, his first full album in, you know, Bruce has has three co-writing uh, credits on Asylum. He has King of the Mountain, the opening track. He has Great Trial song. by Fire with Gene, and he has I'm Alive with Paul and Desmond Child. Yeah, and, um, and, and that's and that, that was one of my favorite tracks I listed here was like King of the Mountain, like a great album opener, has like a lot of the same energy you get. Uh, I'm gonna like say, just go back a couple albums, go like- Got those great Eric drums at the beginning. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it sounds a little reminiscent of like Exciter or what, what's the album opener for, uh, for Animalize? Oh, Animalize? Uh, no, I know, I know, I know. Exciter is the album. The first, the first track on Animal Night, Animalize is "I've Had Enough." Yeah, yeah. Fire. yeah so it has like yeah. a lot of the same sort of like downhill run and sort of like, and and the thing that I go, just going back uh, lately and listening to all these songs, like there are tempo is a lot more fast paced. It's, it's not some like lazy bluesy sort of stuff. There's definitely the pop tempos that come in, but yeah. like when they get into like these banger tracks, it's like. It's a little, I'm not going to say thrashy, but it's like, it's definitely like razoring and kind of like getting like a lot of like crazy fret work done, like right at the beginning. They, they get your attention really quick. And well, I, Gene, I totally Gene and appreciate Paul produced the record, that. like you mentioned, Mike. They, yeah. you know, they took their producing, producing credits on this record. And I think they made the conscious decision that it's like, look, if this is where music, if this is where hard rock is right now, and, and our contemporaries are, Motley Crue and you know Poison, Brad and others. Poison and like then Dawkins. then that's what we are and let's go for it and you know I'm not sure that this album is always thought back fondly by by a lot of a lot of Kiss fans yeah. especially a lot of hard rock fans no one really talks about Asylum much but for us it was everything I mean yeah, it was I wasn't like, I wasn't crazy about Asylum I, I didn't like the cover. Yeah, uh, the, the, cover. the cover is really bad. Like I, re- I will agree with that. Like, like poor, poor Eric Carr. He's barely on the cover. Like I know he's a little guy, but like they tucked him in just like you know, almost as an afterthought. But like, yeah. you know, for Mike and I, finally getting to go see Kiss. Yeah, Asylum was what got us there, and this was you know because I think it had done well. 
the tour was big. They played the Cow Palace in San Francisco. The biggest sure. kiss sign you've ever seen. Yeah. Like, yeah, the biggest. I think the biggest they've ever had. Like, it, at least for a constant on a tour, it was like three stories tall. It was <laughs> it was bigger than life. And Wasp opened. Like, what a night. You know, yeah. we're we're what fourteen years old, fifteen years old, and it's like, um, yeah, that was that in that implants some shit in your head and it's like so like i said you know the also, first time also, we got just, to see kiss bruce was there so. yeah the whole crazy experience like uh i don't know if it was your dad or my dad just taking us all the way up to the city and just saying like get out of the car yep yeah just that <laughs> sketchy cow palace parking lot with a kfc across the street get, like, get out of the yeah. car i'll, I'll see yeah, you wait, in three hours hey, daily city is not a nice place i had like, i had that same that same experience with uh with crazy night show it's like my my buddy's mom just dropped us off on broad street she's like see ya yeah, yeah. God knows right. where they went. You know, yeah. our, our parents would drop us off and go to dinner in the city or whatever. And then it's just like, all right, we'll see you guys at 11. Like, don't get killed. Like, all right. That was the first time I ever smelled pot. Well, yeah. us, us too. I mean, it was going from a small town that we grew up in to get dropped off at a Kiss concert in San Francisco. Like, that's big time. Like, Dude, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a magical smell. I, I mean, I was like, I was 15 or something. So I like, I, didn't smoke anything back yeah. then but it, it, so it, like it, it, the, you'd, you'd like look back over the room like it went dark before they started playing and you see these cherries like bouncing across the bouncing across the crowd you know yeah. and then some, we looked way up like some dude was getting thrown out because he had like a can of aquanet and a lighter he's just like <laughs> 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 yeah. let's uh let's let's move on to david's uh, entree into the live kiss world with crazy nights in 1987 what a great record man i think that asylum what asylum does i think with the songwriting is it brings us back to the layered guitar sound from the first four records right when vinnie vincent came in and even with with mark st john things got very like unison and riff oriented right which make anim made animalize like really heavy yeah but it's like you listen to like you can tell there's more than one guitar player playing in all these songs right there's a lot of open chords which really kind of give paul a lot of room to sing and gives the solos a lot of room to breathe what a great record but i mean it this record for me is like the the party record it reminds me of like the it poison totally songs is. right yes. it reminds like when when uh nothing but a good time kicks off and you're like we're gonna freaking party <laughs> yeah well you got and you also got to remember this comes out one year after look what the cat dragged in yeah dude gene yeah, and paul are no dummies they know what's selling like you know what i mean and it's like it, you know you get to this record and now now Bruce is entrenched and and you know he's he's one of the guys he's he's definitely part of the band he has he has songwriting credits on this I'll, I'll fight hell to hold you hell yeah. or high it's a water great song. I was just that song was stuck in my head the other day what a great song it's so like good hell or yeah. high water there's when some good songs in here I'm not the biggest fan of crazy nights really no, no. dude no 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 Holy just hell, that song alone vaults this record higher I, I I love. I mean, we've talked about this song. This was on one of my playlists for something, man. First of all, you got there was there was some list floating around like the best Bruce Kulick 
record songs or something top yep. five Bruce Kulick and no 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 wasn't on there I'm like this this list is is no good well what's funny <laughs> yeah you you put that link in the chat David and you're like look at this and I was like I read it real quick and I typed wait no no wait there isn't no 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 and you were typing it at the same time like yeah. it's like, uh, that, like what the hell dude that is like it we've been talking about how Bruce doesn't take the, the the spotlight even when it's his turn for solos he doesn't really like dominate right he does his thing what a but great that one he feature. gets in there and throws it around he throws it down dude he goes through yep. like 20 years of guitar solo history you know not to like overblow it but he like he taps into all of the great techniques and it's melodic and it flows and dude when those drums kick in and like the Gene Simmons of 1976 shows up with like that high, clean voice. What a great song, man! So much fun. What's mine is mine, and yours is mine. Damn right. Colin, yeah. I'm <laughs> I'm super surprised that you don't like Crazy Nights. I, it's honestly. not that I don't I like knowing, it. It just knowing it doesn't. What your other stuff, you know, knowing the other bands you like, so girly. Some of, you don't some like, of the, like song, Colin? Some of the poppy stuff, <laughs> like this, fits right in. Like yeah, it just didn't. It didn't. It, I do like. Um, I'll fight hell to hold you. I do like Hell or High Water, but there's just after after Hell or High Water, there really I don't there's not much left. I don't know. Oh, it just, As it's an just, opener, I think Crazy Nights, Crazy Crazy Nights is a fucking great. Oh, it is. I, it sounds I don't disagree, great. I don't disagree it's awesome live. Like you know what I mean? It's like it's just a, like David said. It's like the party starting. It's a crowd pleaser. Like it, it's. Great playing. Ron Nevison produced this record. It's it's definitely it's definitely an anthemic song, but I always felt it was like a little a little soft. Like it didn't have like Bon Jovi sort of like energy. Like uh, like uh, you give love a bad name. It just seemed like a little kind of tame. And again, like they were obviously teaming up with like Desmond Child too. But to go back to like. To David's but point. Before, before you get off of Crazy Nights, Michael, okay. like I know because you like to do theater of the mind and like, you know, <laughs> Colin does as well. Think, think think about think about a frustrated Paul Stanley about to hit the road and he's just like, you know, I'm, I'm going to write about a, uh, I'm going to write a song for the crowd. These are my people. We love it loud. Like we can work in some old stuff with We Love It Loud. Like let's do yeah. a crowd song. Let's yeah. let's it's do not, but... the sing along. And God damn it if he didn't. And I totally love the, the Crazy Crazy Night song uh, from the album Crazy Night. Um, but it just seemed like it was a little, it's a little kind of like gallopy, like it were, it should sure. have like sprinted a little bit more. It could have been like a little bit more uh, fast paced uh-huh. or a, l- a little more intense. I, and again, like I always like, I love listening to like the, the cover by Susanna and the musical magical orchestra which is like this sort of like kind of lounge redub remix version of it which is is super cool susanna and the magical orchestra she does she she and her band like do like really great lounge covers of and they lead off with crazy nights they also do uh dead kennedy's too drunk to fuck which is Looking awesome. at this track listing, I I like Crazy Nights more than I thought I even did. Yeah, <laughs> like but, there's but, there's good Gene songs. Yeah, you know, yeah. I I think I think the key to any Kiss album is there has to be a couple good Gene bangers. Yeah, for sure. And, and, on this, it, and it, like it, No it, No No is great. Hell or High Water is awesome. 
Dude, it, you know what? Um, my way is better than you think it's gonna be. Dude, my way is better, and turn on the night is better too. Like, like <laughs> you see my way, and you're like, I don't know if this is gonna bang here. And you know what? Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Too. I'll have to listen to this tomorrow. I you gotta give, you gotta give it a clean <laughs> shot, man. Just like wake up in the morning, smell that fresh, clean air, pull the windows down. Get your yeah. arm wet and listen to this. So, I, so I think the firehouse loving Colin Bosler is going to look very fondly back upon Crazy Nights after another full spin. Dude, he's going to get to reason uh, to live. The, he's going to be put crying. Put that on the flash drive and Dude, you're he's gonna driving have around. Wind his, blowing through that glorious beard. Dude, soaking, soaking his <laughs> beard with tears but, but, when he gets to reason to live. There but, you go. What, what, what I will add to this, uh, this current banter is that uh, the thing that redeems all these songs, too, which... Uh, on paper, and and just and by that I mean like reading the lyrics and listening to like Paul or Gene sing, it's just like, hey, there's a really strong guitar presence here, and it it's keeps it keeps the songs interesting. There's so many tasty licks that Bruce throws out, and of course it's all backed by Eric. But like if if these if these songs were like covered by like some other band, it just sort like. This is embarrassing. Like the bang bang you. It's like and that's like a Desmond Child sort of. It's not nugget. a bad song. Come on. What this is not a bad song? Not bad. It's, it's I, I would say that's def- one of the weaker tracks. Yeah, I'm not saying it's a great song. I'm just saying the that. definition of a bad song. <laughs> <laughs> pretty sure it's not. I'm pretty sure. The album did it. well. It went platinum, went to number 18 in the yeah. U.S. So another top 20 record back to back for Kiss. But, but the did, other uh, thing... wasn't there somebody from like Heart or something have some credits on this? No. Uh, well, no. no. I mean, Desmond Child like wrote some of the songs. Diane Warren wrote "Turn on Ooh. the Night" with Paul. Uh, oh yeah, there you go. And, you know, at that point, Diane yeah. Warren's sort of just making the round. She's hitting Aerosmith. She's hitting, yeah. you know, <laughs> and she's going like, like. And people are just throwing money at her. It's like, well, absolutely. This is what I, got. I wrote this on the back of a postcard. So here you go. But like, you know, again, like just in like listening to the music, almost sort of like background music. It's like, I like these songs. The closer you get to them, it's sort of like these songs are kind of kind of dumb in some way. Uh, just, just yeah, lyrically, yeah. but like I, I like the I like the hard rock, and again, and I think like we said, like Bruce Kulick's like Save Kiss, but like that and Eric Carr is like it's like this is a good rock band, and and again, Gene's playing too, and like some songs is just pretty really good, and his songs, of course, with his character, Paul's songs on here are like basically yeah, Lothario sort of like you know I'm gonna. Bang bang you yeah. and they're they're, they're they're a little light subject wise, but I mean it, it does it really does fit into the time. Like, but, but like on its time of release, it's it's running right in the same pack with the yeah. others. Like, but but I, I did I didn't want to like bypass like going back and listening to uh from Asylum like secret secretly cruel. Oh yeah, like, great song. It's, mm-hmm. it's like w- when that opens up, it's like wait a second here. I'm getting like so many whiffs of Ace. <laughs> uh, and, 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 and and i and listen just your do, mustache do this at home yes uh go secretly cruel and then go uh mr speed and, you, and and again it's like okay okay all right and again I, that and that's and that's perfect because it's consistent with with kiss's sound like and again like listening to like so many of these 
definitely like yeah, shit deep truck deep tracks because that's what they end up being because there's what 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 other singles were off of uh crazy nights besides crazy nights reason crazy to live nights. reason to live i remember being oh yeah that's right yeah that was uh that like, was the the ballad and i think they released turn on the night as a single but I'm i sure there's a video for it I have to check. I do remember that being released as a single. Yeah. Yeah. And there's only one star for Crazy Crazy Nights, but like, yeah, there should be at least two. But again, like Bruce always had like a really distinct tone that didn't sound like Ace. And when you hear, you know, Secretly Cruel, it's like, and he's playing a Gene song. It's like, okay. <laughs> We're back in 76, which was right. like super cool. So we went on to 1989 with Hot in the Shade. To this oh, album, to me, is much better. Really? See, I don't think David's into this one. <laughs> this, album, this album is fun. I, you know, I, I don't even remember this time in my life. I'm not even, I'm not even kidding you. You don't remember 1989? That, I mean, that, that, that happens with some, you know, it's like Mike and I graduated that year. We had shit going on. It was, you know, this album does include Forever, which became... I, I, Kiss's highest charting single since Beck. So, you know, it it at least brought that back to it. Um, It's got a lot of songs. It's a 15-song record. And uh, Bruce is on Prisoner of Love. Uh, He's also on Boomerang. He only has two co-writing credits on this album. His old pal Michael Bolton actually (laughs) co-wrote Forever with, with Paul Stanley. But, but but John, you you kind of mentioned the note too that it was sort of like this is like a a hash of songs. Like let's just patch up some songs and put some shit out, some covers. Like yeah, the hit. yeah. Well, I they they said they, in the thing I was writing, it said that that the band approached it and they were trying to save some money, and so rather than to go in and do a full recording session for the record, they just sort of cleaned up some demos huh. that they had done for this record and. Uh, that was probably a wise decision because, like it, it, it stalled at number ninety on on the top two hundred. Yeah, that's, that's not called stalling. There's so that's many good songs on here. Like, the slap in the face, Silver hmm. Spoon, Cadillac Dream. Oh, hold on, I hold on. I, just give me I, one song that's the best song. This I didn't my, know. My favorite song on this record is "Hide Your Heart." I oh, see that one. I know. Song. I All think right, it's well, got a great chorus. Like it's poppy, but it's. I think it's a I, really good. You song. know, I. I'll like, tell you. I stopped buying physical Kiss records at this point, right? So like there was this. If right before this was smashes, thrashes, and hits, or right after this, or something. Right before, yeah. yeah. And that record I liked. I didn't love the two. Well, it's a greatest hits record. How it's a greatest not? hits record. Right. No, but they like re-recorded it, like one or two of the songs were yeah, re-recorded. Some of them were remixed. Had, like let's remix it. Yeah. Um, Maybe there was something else on there. There's uh, there's uh, another. You make me rock hard. Uh, par for the course. Rock hard. <laughs> I think that's the point where I made the realization the that all Kiss songs were about sex. Co-written by Diane Warren. <laughs> um, <laughs> But yeah, like Crazy Sploosh. Nights was the last Kiss record. I mean, you know, you know how it was when you were a kid. You got you got some money, you got some time, so you you collect. And I had yeah. every Kiss record up to, and including Crazy Nights. Yeah. I think I was just playing too much music and doing too much school crap that I I didn't I never got to Hot in the Shade. And my buddy Rob and his dad, I think maybe his brother, 
went to see that tour with the Talking Sphinx. Yeah. And it's, it was super weird. And then I, I checked out for years. I don't know what they did. So, like, Colin is really into some of the records after this. And I've never heard most of them. Oh, Colin's into the next record. Oh, I know. Oh, Before we leave yeah. Hot in the Shade, uh, I this well, well, again, it's, it, 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 I think to David's point, too, is like, I, I, I remember I have the cassette of this record um, that I bought, Music Land or where have you, Warehouse. But uh, I, th- I think by, at this point, it's like, I'm just accumulating so much music. It just kind of got mixed in and, and it didn't. It got, it got mixed in and really the showcase on this song and, and or on this album is they played forever constantly yeah. on well, MTV. Yeah, well, there, there I was don't really def- dig that song very much. And that was, like... that was, it was definitely that. And the, the Hide Your Heart song, again, like a great song, great video for that. It was a song that was like actually recorded within two, within a year of this album coming out by like two other artists, including Bonnie Tyler. Remember Bonnie Tyler? Song. I love sure. Bonnie Tyler. Sure. Yeah. Totally clips so, of the heart. Best thing to come out of Canada since Anne Murray. Ooh. Eric Carr has a lead vocal on this record. He does on uh, Little Caesar. Yeah, mm-hmm. which is super cool. And Rise uh, to right. it's such a good and, song. And I think I think this will be his last record too. Sadly, it is. Like even in the, the you know, there's that sort of famous story that he got sick, and I think is he in the video for Forever, or is mm-hmm. it Eric Singer? That might be the last thing he does. I don't. I, I don't it, remember I, for a video that I probably have seen like literally like a thousand times i can't recall the, but uh, eric Carr is totally in it nope i don't I, I, yeah he's in it he's pretty sick at at the time and that and that might be his last appearance with kiss is the video for forever yeah but uh, um, again it was, it, again just not based on um you know the quality of the music or the playing or anything it just seemed like it was a record that just like at the time didn't imprint itself the way that like my eight track of rock and roll over would <laughs> colin yes lead us into revenge so after hot in the shade we get an excellent release an angry release we get the album revenge 1992 and that comes out. i went into the songs i'm <laughs> like and that yeah. came out in 1992 and uh, I'm listening I, I to really, God Gave Rock and Roll to You too right now. That, no, skip that song. That song's no, no, terrible. No. I'm listening to it. <laughs> Eric, Eric Carr has passed away by the time Revenge comes out, and Eric Singer becomes the permanent drummer of Kiss. But you have Take It Off, you got Spit, Domino, Thou Shalt Not. There's some such great, great songs on this there's, album. There's some great songs. Uh, Bruce co writes Tough Love with Paul right, Stanley and Bob Ezrin. Uh, is that the only one? I think Ezra produces this one too. He does, yeah. So Bob, Bob is back uh, after after a long hiatus. I want to say that's the only track that that Bruce writes on, and even though he doesn't write much on this record, Bruce shreds this fucking record. This yes, is a guitar does. record. Like Colin said, this is an angry record. Um, you know, yeah. I had mentioned last year at Creatures Fest. The closing night was uh, on Sunday night. The last band to play was Bruce Kulick with his band, and they played Revenge start to finish hmm. as, as uh, 
as, as an anniversary show. And, and wow. you know, I was, I was saying that uh, it, it was so great. And I, I even told Bruce, I'm like, it was such a rare treat to get Revenge start to finish because it wasn't an album that they played a ton of these songs live. And so to hear those songs played live and, and you know, to watch them rip it up. And, and you know, he's got, he's got great guys. He's got Todd Kearns playing with them and Zach Throne playing with them and those guys sing Gene and Paul's parts. They're so good. So good. Any, anybody who has the chance to see Bruce on on one of those shows where he's doing his era of KISS, be it on the KISS cruise or, you know, sometimes KXX's band will, will play shows in Vegas and here and there, go. If you're a fan of, of Bruce's music of this time with Kiss, that's what he plays and it's so great because <laughs> especially like on, on the end of the road tour, these songs don't exist. It, well, they, Unholy maybe. No. Yeah. But like the, that that's an incredible thing too. It's like you gotta figure like Bruce is like going back like thirty years to like, you know, play probably note for note, maybe even better all of these songs and a lot of them you know that people probably haven't heard for like what nearly 30 years uh there's again like throughout his whole repertoire is like just a lot of like tasty licks in there um so it's it's it's, it's, it's been a good sort of like you know return to this this particular era of kiss the, the bruce kulik and eric carr and the glam, the, the stuff of the 80s and stuff. And again, it was, it's, it's kind of a, I'm going to say it's a mixed bag, not because of the musical playing, but it's a kind of a mixed bag because it's like, they, they were like, they were like aiming for like the same sort of success of like younger bands and still trying to like, you know, get some fumes off of like their, their, you know, their obvious, you know, great reputation as, you know, the biggest band of the 70s. Um, but the they, early they, '90s are, are a question mark for most hard rock bands. Right, Where do we yeah. go from here? Like, <laughs> Very confusing what's time. Happening, and, 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 and and the fact that they were were still you know yeah. you know kicking some ass and again like unholy like that rip that opens up unholy is like holy Dude. fuck. I mean, which which you know, you you get to hear Bruce do some some riffing at the beginning of this show. Thank you, Bruce, for for doing the intro nice, to our yes. show this week. Yeah, it's good. Uh, Revenge did very well. It debuted at number six wow. on the Billboard charts, which you know, given the fact that that Hot in the Shade had done so poorly, that's really a hat trick. It went gold. It it, it, it went gold, but. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but yeah, but I mean, it's like it's like you got to figure not not every record is, but I think it went gold on the strength of "God Gave Rock and Roll to You." That was the lead single. Yeah, and as much as I think it's a little forgettable, like it's you know <laughs> it it did very well for them. But what's not forgettable is like the tracks that are on this record, like you mentioned, on Holy Mike Domino, we yeah. love. Part yeah. of Chrome. There's just solid, solid Kiss songs. Yeah. yeah. On this and, record, and, there's, and, and, and you know what? There's a lot of good Gene songs on this record. Oh yeah, these things more than normal. And they're brutal too. They're, yeah. They're like it's like it's dark. Well, Gene's totally dark, unless it's about his charisma. But uh, yeah, definitely a great record. And 
again, going back and listening to these all this week and over and over again, uh, we, we come to like a, an album that kind of got shelved or was like uh, in a can, um, but uh, maybe was meant to be released, but it definitely the threatened sort of like grunge album carnival of souls from 1990 that ultimately i I think we should talk about two records briefly mike before we get into carnival of souls because it sort of shapes it in a way so a live three comes out which is the only live record that bruce is on and to me i think it's such a great live album like the set list on a live three is awesome and it's recorded on the revenge tour it's got a lot of revenge songs in it but also they mix in stuff creatures of the night opens up the album lick it up is in there uh just just stuff that they don't play now and it's so good watching you is part of that set list yeah like it's really fucking good um it's just just a very good album anyway just that that comes after revenge and then the next album that they release which which sort of signals a turn in in bruce's fortune in the band is unplugged right yeah and so because the plays, old guys come back well bruce plays 95 percent of yeah. of the unplugged set and we've we've said it before the way they reworked these songs the the kiss classics that we know and love on unplugged stellar like this the set list that they chose unplugged they could have gone with only the hits but instead they they dug they dug a little deeper and they you know they've got coming home they've got blaster caster to to colin chagrin but they they've got (laughs) going blind i think the version of going blind on unplugged might be the best version of going blind it's awesome like it's it's so good it's 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 a great song for a lot of reasons but you know it's it, I love these songs that sound like you missed the first verse, right? It, the first word of the song is "and." Like, yeah, yeah, You're joining the story midway through, right? Yeah, um, but you know what? What signals the turning kiss is you know at the end of the unplugged set, both for MTV and and the album that that followed. Paul brings out members of the family and Ace and Peter rejoin kiss to play all together alongside eric and bruce but it also signals the reunion it also signals that the original four are coming back together and that that bruce and eric sadly are are slid to the side so they they well which which eric uh eric singer oh for for the The, moment yeah yeah yeah. i mean we haven't heard we haven't heard acoustic beth since uh since kiss meets the phantom of the park (laughs) (laughs) i was really hoping they were going to drag out a little fountain (laughs) um so so anyway the reunion comes along they've got the big show they you know they do it they do a warm-up show at the k-rock weenie roast and then then they do uh dodger stadium uh with with uh i want to say the smashing pumpkins opened it was halloween night Nice. Uh, at, at Dodger Stadium was the first show of the reunion tour, and the the Pumpkins came out dressed up like, like the Beatles on Ed Sullivan. They were they were all wearing matching suits, and then uh, Kiss came out. Coincidentally, I ran into Bruce in the crowd 
at that show That's and funny. had him sign my ticket. So my ticket to to the reunion tour is actually signed by Bruce. That's <laughs> so, awesome. Yeah. Wow. Um. And anyway, you know, they had. They <laughs> hey, had Bruce, recorded... you got terrible seats too. No, he had great <laughs> seats. Um. Anyway, uh, you know, as Mike was getting to, before. So they make the deal for the reunion, but they had also, they had put together an album uh, called, that ended up being called Carnival of Souls that got released in 97. It was recorded in 95. Uh, so so it was actually recorded before Unplug happened and then it sat. And once the reunion was was full steam ahead and and you know they had they had made the decision to make psycho circus and and such they weren't going to release carnival of souls it was it was in the vault and i don't know what led what led to this being this way but like bruce is all over carnival of souls and maybe you know maybe that's a question we can ask him in in retrospect but like he he is a writer on every track on the album except two on a on a 12 song album the most out of any of them and we've talked about this record as being almost an album out of time because it's running in the same race as Soundgarden and Alice in Chains and bands bands with a very different sound and a very different approach and uh, like I said, it wasn't going to be released. Bootlegs somehow made their way out onto the streets. And so Kiss fans were trading Carnival of Souls yeah. for quite a while before it came out. And then it finally got a release, but it's never been played live. Uh, they didn't tour for it, and Kiss has never played uh, these songs live. I think Eric Singer played a couple songs with his band and uh, Bruce. Uh, Bruce's subsequent band Union that we'll talk about uh, that he put together with John Karabi, they played uh, a few of the songs. And Bruce actually ends the album with uh, his only vocal in his time in Kiss uh, hmm. with I Walk Alone. And, and again, it's... Uh... Colin, do you have any memories of the Carnival of Souls record from 1997? I didn't really care for it. I, it, never, it never hooked me. I, I was not impressed, yeah. especially especially with where I had come from with Revenge and Hot in the Shade and all that stuff. I just it was a disappointment to me. Yeah, never think, it, it never got up and did anything for me. I think yeah. it's better now in retrospect than maybe at the time. I, I, I you know I, I, remember I, I, I never really listened to it before. It's it's on now and it's it's not bad. No, it's the not cover. Bad. The cover's weird. The cover Dave is listening to now in 2023. In 2023, I'm listening to it for the first time. The cover looks like somebody just walked in and said, "Okay, I need you guys to get your shit out of here like immediately." Yeah, <laughs> just hide all the Starbucks cups. It did all right. It, it went to number 27 on the charts. I, it's it, it's kind of weird because it came out and at at a time where, as a Kiss fan, I was like, "But original Kiss is back together." Like I don't, I don't need this. Like, what is this? Yeah. I don't even know what this is. Like, yeah, like I, Ace and I Peter was, are back. Like, you know what I mean? I was excited about that. I, um, I, I was a little confused too, as in terms of like, is this actually an album or because like the photo, as, as David was referencing, it was like, 
It's just like this is sort of like demos. Yeah, that's what I always thought, Michael. When, it, when I first saw it, I was like, is this a bunch of B-sides and stuff? And yeah, somebody scraped because when it says the final sessions, I was like, the final sessions of what? Just a bunch yeah, it's of. Like, yeah, I mean, I think there's some mixed messaging there. And it, as well as, you know, like I said, there was no tour, there's no videos, there's no. There's, no. It's really oh, yeah. just an album that wasn't promoted very well in, in, in 1997 i'm not even listening to iron maiden i'm listening to iron and wine and stuff so it's right. like <laughs> I guess I'm, 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 I'm on pitchfork and shit on the internet i want to go and like photoshop paul's jacket to make it look more like a white muppet pelt well i mean it's not too long or, or not too late rather the night is young when we we had like our not this year, but we had our last kiss conversation and stuff. I went back and, and, and checked out this record, and it's like there are like some really, really tasty cuts on there. Uh, I agree. That, and, uh, and Bruce has great playing on the record. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. And, you know, it's uh, it's a really good Allison Chains record. <laughs> yeah. So, so anyway, that ends Bruce's time in Kiss. And not long after that, uh, you know, he, he leaves. Before this album even comes out, he forms the band Union uh, with John Karabi and Brent Fitz, who, who continues to play with him now. And uh, they've released the self-titled Union in 98. They've released a live album after that. And then uh, a third and final Union record called The Blue Room. Union also pretty solid. That's like, a good record. If you go back and dig it up, like, yeah. do you want to talk about that first Union release column? Like, it is a great album. I think. Yeah, yeah, I was really impressed by it. I, uh, I when it came out, I was, you know, I was trying everything back then. Sure. Uh, you know, I, I grabbed it. I, I liked it. It was, it was, it was catchy. I, what I've noticed about Bruce's playing is we listen to all these songs. There's a lot of funk in his style of playing guitar. Because if you listen to Asylum and you listen to Revenge and, and, and I just spun the first track of Carnival of Souls here just to check it out again. You know, he and, and all the, the solo stuff I've heard of him, yeah, he likes a good heavy funk rhythm to the stuff that he does. I think he's got a, a catchy way of approaching music and that was on that Union album as yeah. well. That it just, it's, I don't know, there's something infectious about the way that he that he wants to play the guitar that kind of makes you happy you kind of even uh, if it's even if it's a even if it's a well, no because even you can have a, a, a grungy angry song on revenge but i think there's a there's a there's a, a, a light-hearted kind of upturn to his style of playing that just seems that just seems fun and it's yeah. just it's a, it's a nice it's a nice feel when he's when he's kind of getting his groove on yeah you, you, you definitely hear like in, in, in his tone that it's there there's something like it's not abrasive or screechy uh, it's not like you know trying to be like the you know guitar heroes who do like all sorts of like crazy fret for fret work and stuff and there's like a lot of there's like a lot of blues and swing in there and there's there is like there's there's something when he gets into these you know, depending on which era of kiss he's in um, you know moments where he can kind of like you know, echo or sort of like get the ambiance of like a of a, of a different era and stuff. And it's like it's 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 tasty, tasty riffing. You know, and then again, like I think that's what, as I said before, like that that redeems like a lot of like really bad lyrics and stuff, or just not necessarily the songwriting, but like the lyrical 
content of the songs, which don't really do much. But uh, I haven't checked out the Union songs, but uh, I have checked out Grand Funk Railroad. <laughs> which which is Bruce's current gig. So for the past 20 years, he's, he's been the guitarist in Grand Funk Railroad. They Damn. tour all the time. I you know oh, I popped course, on yeah. I popped onto Bruce's site to uh, to see where he was at. You know this year he's touring all summer. So you know if you are there, mostly they're headline shows. They're they're playing here and there all across the U.S. Uh, they have a couple shows where they're playing alongside Kid Rock. On, okay. On something called like the No Snowflakes tour or some shit like that. I don't know. Oh, about that, but like, that's you, but you know, you can see Bruce and then you can you can leave. Like, <laughs> um, uh, you know, I also I, we should make note that like in the 2000s and and Colin mentioned it a little bit earlier with VK3, Bruce also released three solo records: uh, Audio Dog in 2001 transformer in 20 uh 2003 and bk3 in 2010 i hadn't really heard those records and i listened to audio dog this week solid solid playing yeah i i generally there's vocals on on the album some of the tracks are instrumentals and i generally don't gravitate you towards love instrumental this. records you can't stand uh, the playing yeah. is so good yeah. It's it's really great. So like I haven't heard Transformer yet or BK3, but I played Audio Dog the other the other afternoon while I was getting some work done, and I was impressed. It's really good. So if we can drop in on the Animal from BK3 at some point in this episode, that's a, that's a absolutely Tobias Samet and Eric segment. Singer on the run. It's really good. Yeah, you got it. And then looks and like then uh, just, uh, late late August they'll be coming to uh, Lancaster and in a couple of couple of dates uh, featuring Jefferson Starship and Foghat. There you go. It's a night night of solid seventies rock. That, and that's all in Lancaster? No, no, no. Lancaster is just Kid Rock and uh, and Grand Funk Road. Okay. Yeah, interestingly, okay. also you know Bruce played with a lot of the other members. Uh, you know he has played he played on Eric Carr's Rockology record. Uh, he played on Gene Simmons' Asshole record, and he played on Paul Stanley's Live to Win. Uh, so on their solo projects, Bruce has, has remained to be involved. Uh, he also played with Ronnie Spector, Don Johnson, Lita Ford, Lordy, Michael Shanker, and Ace Freely. So oh, was, was he on the Don Johnson Heartbeat record? I mean, I don't know how many records Don Johnson put out, but Bruce <laughs> has played alongside him. Dude, you could <laughs> so, play like you could play is, like that is so awesome. I have like as, as Mr. Timoney would say, it's no return of Bruno. Yeah. I'm, I'm, well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking of like images of like uh, you know Mark Wahlberg and uh, the other dude there doing the Boogie Nights. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now you, you know you you could probably play seven degrees of Kevin Bacon with uh, with uh, is, it, is it now seven degrees? Well, if you I, yeah, you look at Bruce's discography and the bands he's been in and out of, and it's like mm. I, it really is. It's long and varied, which yeah. is a testament to you know the guy's been playing professional guitar for almost fifty years. Um, yeah, well, he looks great. He's 69 and and he's awesome and he's a he's a he's a you know it seems like uh, to have to and again like we, when we when we do have these conversations about ex Kiss members whether it's Vinny or Peter or Ace got them all 
Uh, it's usually vituperative. It's like there's always like some sort of like some beef from 7080 or like something about this or something about money. But like, I don't know. Bruce did get shoved off the stage, um, you know, without uh, a whole lot of otherwise explanation as to like how and why he couldn't play Ace, I guess. But, uh, you know, we, we, we don't hear, I, I, we don't, I, we don't, don't, hear I don't think that was, I don't think that was ever in the cards. For but him. we don't, we, we don't, Eric Singer's happy to play Peter's parts. I don't think Bruce would be happy mimicking Ace. Yeah, but like again, like but we don't hear. He never any, did. We don't. We don't. Regardless of that, we don't hear any like shit talk from him, like saying like you know these guys they just kicked me out, you know. And they just, he like, he still plays alongside them. Like that's yeah. the note I made. You know, it's like yeah. they they made solo records after the reunion that Bruce was involved with on the Kiss cruises. He still plays with yeah. them, and you know yeah. his his bands. Like his his show is one of the highlights of the Kiss Cruise. Yeah, I don't think like I, I don't said, think there's any songs we love that you don't hear. I I don't think whether he's on tour with them or not, he's got a lack of opportunities to play. So I mean, yeah, you know, no. if the gig is there, you do the gig. You think he's not no, there? I, you do I, like I, the, I, any I, of I, the ten I, other things he's got going on, which is I, great. I, I, I just yeah. men mentioned that as just being sort of exemplary because like usually it's sort of like you just hear all this sort of like you know grudgy. Debu Stain sort of dude. The last girl. time Kiss told me not to play anymore, I was on Donahue. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> With it's like I'm not dead. I'm. I, th a I think that brings us to the proverbial <laughs> end of the road. Who would like to close out the show this evening? Oh, let's somebody. Let's let's have Colin. Let's close have somebody. The, the returning Colin Bosler from the uh, land of the rising sun. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening to our Bruce Kulik retrospective this evening. We also uh, we're due for uh, little uh, little listener questions. Listener we are, questions. yeah. Like, you know what? Let's let's get that in the works. If you are, if you made it to the end of this fine episode, and you have a question that you want to add to our next listener Q and A. Uh, send it in. There are many, many ways to do that. Instagram is Metal Podcast. Our Twitter is M-A-M-H-Pod. And the Facebook page continues to grow weekly. Yeah, I see a lot. Yeah, I see a lot of a lot friends going getting out. Hey, and if you want to find... Uh... People are posting. We are going to put a post up uh, with, with the listener Q&A that's on the way. And we want to hear from you. You can expect to hear questions from your favorite folks as well. Tony Maxwell will provide us a question assuredly. <laughs> Hollywood Dan Kennedy will assuredly provide us a question. Like, but uh, yeah, Joey will jump in there and mix it up per usual. But uh, let's let's add some new blood uh, to the mix. Like we want to hear from you if you've got a question on a band or an album or just want to hear us spout off on something. Uh, here we are. So, yeah. excellent. Cool. All right, on behalf of myself. Colin Bossler, we got Michael Stamps, John Ooh. Harden, David Timoney. We are the Middle Age Metalheads. We thank you very much for listening, and we will talk to you all very soon. Yeah. Bye. All right, John, go to bed. Out. Later. <laughs>